Hello and welcome to Episode Party. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tudor. And today we are joined by producer and host of Hi-Fi Nation, Barry Lamb. Hello. Hi, how are you guys doing? Yeah, great. Great. All the better for having you on. Um, Right, let's dive in. Let's not mess around. Jack, let's go with your recommendation for a podcast to listen to first what did you go for yes i went for a podcast called mothers of invention which is a podcast about uh, the work of women in the field of climate activism and climate science um it's hosted by comedian Maeve higgins uh, and also mary robinson who was irish president uh, and then high commissioner for human rights at the un so I really jumped at the opportunity to to hear this podcast when I saw that it started coming out. It's quite a new podcast, and I'm only new in my uh, own journey into it. In fact, this is the episode that I've listened to. I haven't gone further yet, but this has really whetted my appetite. But it was really nice to see climate back on the agenda, and generally it's really nice to see climate talked about again. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like where you are, Barry, but there were several years over here in the UK where any political debate seemed to just blow over any mention of climate it got really shoved down the agenda and it feels like it's having uh, a bit of a return the environment as well seems to be uh, returning to the top of the news agenda at least in the papers that i'm reading and uh, obviously it's something that affects everyone on the planet so it's only right that it should be high up there in everyone's minds um, but what i often forget and i think what this podcast really shows uh particularly because it's climate through a feminist lens is the fact that there is a disproportionate impact to the issue of climate change and often that's something that i find for me gets a bit lost in the fact that uh climate change feels like a big indiscriminate apocalyptic issue where everyone's gonna get frazzled but actually this podcast does a great job of really letting you know that there are human beings all of whom have very different life circumstances and economic circumstances uh, who are feeling this differently. And so there's a real human angle to this podcast. It interviews people from all different walks of life about their own experiences um, with climate change or fighting against uh, climate change. I mean, the focus in this particular podcast, in this episode, is about litigation. So it's uh, lawyers who are helping to bring cases against national governments and companies as well for neglecting human rights, which I thought was a really interesting angle. So it talks to these people about how they are um, combating these governments and holding them to account for not focusing on climate change. And I think it's really fired me up and I really want to listen more to keep that fire burning. Uh, What I really thought was interesting in this particular episode is it had interviews with uh, student activists who were involved in suing governments uh, in the name of climate change and one of them said that we need to have the voices of those most affected at the front of the debate and I think for having a podcast with a very human angle on the issue i think it's a great reminder that there are people who 
are being afflicted by this in ways that, you know, we're not, really. I mean, I know about climate change because I read it in the paper and can feel very distant from it because it's just statistics. But this podcast, uh, yeah, really fired me up and made me feel that there was a real human connection at work here. So, Freddie, what did you make of this episode? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a new one on me as well, um, and I don't feel too guilty given that it's a relatively new podcast. But I really, really enjoyed kind of how it played out. I enjoyed the rapport between Maeve and Mary. Um, I enjoyed how they they came together and how they got on. And I just enjoyed how it was all kind of set out. I found the subject itself genuinely enlightening. I, I wasn't aware of the kind of level of litigation against the government and I liked how they pulled out these kind of key cases that have happened mm. and they didn't just speak to uh, people from the legal profession, they obviously spoke to the plaintiffs themselves who are, you know, really vital to these cases and I liked that they delved into some of their backgrounds as well. So yeah, it was a really, really interesting one and it tackled an issue of climate change in the environment which is something I'd, I'd like to think I know a little bit about but it, from an angle that i didn't really expect which is kind of uh coming at it from the angle of it being you know something that can be helped by by women and helped by feminism um which mm. i which i didn't didn't really consider at all and i i certainly like i say didn't consider the idea that you could go off and sue your own government over um climate change issues or their their kind of lack of um activity in the the world of climate change so i really really enjoyed it and i liked the way that it balanced out what is a serious topic and has some serious implications with some you know humor and some banter between the two hosts and the guests and it made it really really listenable for me which i really really liked um and i thought it was just really neatly packaged it, you know it it gave me a really good kind of primer on the topic without without dragging into it too much without going into too much detail while also, you know, like I say, coming at it from a human angle, um, which made it all the more interesting. So, yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, it's a real call to arms aspect of it, I think. I like the positive energy of it. Uh, Barry, what do you reckon? Well, I wanted to first talk about how difficult it was to put together a show like this. The You know, from the producer's perspective, the first thing I listen to is just the sheer number of voices mm. and different parts of the world that they were covering in this particular episode, right? I mean, there was Holland and the U.S. and, and different, different parts. And you have to go and you have to find people. You have to talk to them. You have to find somebody to mic them up to get good audio. And, uh, and not to mention, you know, the diversity of perspectives on climate change that you're going to get. So, mm. that, so I wanted to applaud the producers of this um it's it, it, you know it's not just it's sometimes it's very easy to um just make a show where you sit down with an expert in a studio somewhere and then you know hammer out an hour but to to put together the diversity of voices from the many different legal cases that they covered on this episode that's very admirable to me uh this, the, but i did have a question about the target audience of this particular podcast or the episode as i was listening to it what i thought about was they they were giving us a lot of voices of the young people who were the plaintiffs suing suing their governments and 
their motivations for it. The motivations end up to be very similar across different circumstances. And the way that they were presenting it was the kind of thing which would, I think, I would put it in the area of inspirational journalism, right? So right. you kind of listen to people talking about things that are very hard that they're doing, but they're motivated for the fight, and it's kind of meant to inspire and, and so forth. Um, I like inspirational journalism. The kind of thing that I would have wanted, actually, in a, in a podcast episode that was as long as it was, was more of the nitty-gritty details about the legal arguments and the judgments. Right. Right? So, so you know, the opposite of that is, like, to have some expert on and then talk about just the nitty-gritty academic or, you know, legal judgments. Um, I got enough of the inspiration, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes into it, and and it seemed like there, there were variations on that same kind of theme that kept continuing versus... You know, at a certain point, what I wanted to hear was, okay, and it was successful, and this is why this was successful in this particular case. This is the kind of judgment in, say, Holland, right? That, yeah. like, like uh, laws in the Netherlands say this about, you know, um, harm, um, climate harm, and so on. And this is what the lawyers argued in that particular case. And this is why it might not work in this other area in the world, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, right? Those kinds of nuance, like the inside the nitty-gritty details, um, I think, is something quite different from just inspiring. I think that they were going for a a very inspirational kind of show, right? So to move the listener to say, look, there's all of these young people doing these things, so feel better about the world, right? Um, So I don't know if I want to call it a criticism, but my response at the time was I I had... I was on board there about 15, 20 minutes in, and after that, I wanted a little bit more of the policy details of the of what worked, what didn't. You know, one of the things that I like in a podcast about a difficult topic is that the emotional ride is more than one direction. Like, maybe there are some dips in it, maybe there are some rises in it, and I think they were going so much for the inspiration that we didn't get more dips um Mm. barriers things like that yeah i think that's fair and it's not something that i really contemplated while listening to it but you saying it now i think it's certainly something that i can recall while listening that it was a case of these people went and uh put a case against the federal government and they won or you know and these people put a case forward and they won and there is certainly that gap in the middle where there was probably a lot of back and forth and and nuance and um points maybe where it felt like a little less attainable which didn't make it to the surface i'm intrigued actually because we're all in the same boat here and i think i'm going to listen to more episodes of this whether or not this was a, a rallying cry to people generally to be like look you can have uh, an impact within climate change it feels impersonal but there are tiny human beings that can actually make a difference and whether the future episodes will perhaps play more to that debate and that back and forth and perhaps a greater spectrum of emotions but uh yeah i totally hear you on that yeah i think you know it's a it's a really interesting point in in the sense that like you know like jack says there it's nice to point out that there are differences you can make on a personal level but you know to your point barry i think it it almost helps to have 
a deeper knowledge of of how those arguments play out in the courtroom. Um, I mean, I know there was a point in the podcast where they mentioned uh, the Netherlands case where they said that things were happening, but the, the the government was going to appeal the case. And that, to me, kind of, you know, that was the point at which it would have been nice to have heard a little bit more about uh, on what grounds, on what would happen next, or what would happen if the appeal went through and the, and the government won the appeal, or what would happen if they didn't. Presumably, that just means they have less time to to deal with the situation um but uh, yeah it's an interesting point because i remember that point in the podcast where it did mention the fact that the the government was appealing the case and i was like oh, i just want to know that a little bit more so you touched upon something there that i uh glazed over very quickly without really discussing uh but it, it is really interesting and i think you're right having that little bit more detail perhaps um if it's the kind of thing they're going for would be would be great and kind of you know to be able to help like you say you're inspired to take action or you've expired to to care about this subject so what what are the details of it how do you how do you get there it's something interesting generally about human motivation when you're thinking about making a socially if you're thinking about making media Mm. um that has a social aim like you know inspire you know motivating people to you know care about the environment and to pursue something you know there's two kinds of approaches you can take right one is you can take the approach which i think a lot of um people do um is that you make everything sound like shit right and the world is like <laughs> gonna go to hell unless you do something and you kind of doom people into move to moving in some way right so you either guilt them into doing it or you make them feel bad about doing it or you make them feel hopeless or something um, i mean that that's a real thing right and then the other direction is that you say no there's too much of that already mm. uh what we want to do is we want to inspire and and talk about the good news and in any and so when you look at things like you know young people suing the government, right? You know, you can have two different emphases on that, right? One emphasis you can have is here are the success, successful cases and hear about um, um, how inspiring young people are. And all oh, right, there's an appeal, but you know, whatever, right? <laughs> um, and then there's the other way you can, I mean, like you, I could have, you could have probably easily made an entire show about all of the failures in the court system <laughs> to mm-hmm. have done it. I mean, like I'm in a country where, you know, there's a lot of despair about this kind of thing because you know the courts and the political system at the moment is either i mean to put it mildly is that when they don't care but like that's it's actually worse than that right actively going about dismantling anything that can you know help us survive the next you know 50 years Mm -hmm. um is what this administration is doing. Um, and so when you listen to when I, so in this country, when I listen to something like this podcast, um, it comes from a position where we're there, there's just a lot more despair, right? Um, mm. We're not as motivated because our population is number one. We contribute much more <laughs> to the problem yeah. than I think a lot of people in the world are. And we're in a country that has people, more people in it that either don't care or actively denies that there's a problem or to you know even worse accepts that it is and just like makes things worse right and so this this podcast for me i mean to be honest my response it didn't put me over the edge to inspiration it it would have taken a lot more (laughs) than (laughs) than than about 45 minutes of very hopeful young people i mean i think that there's good I'm I'm really happy that there's a lot of that. And I'm really happy that there's a lot of inspirational good news media out there. I think there needs to be more of it. Um but you know, coming from here, it's it's really hard to get us over, you know, 
the the amount of despair that's that that exists right now on this on this topic Hmm. Hey, we're cynical too. Uh, it's certainly something <laughs> we're just as guilty of over here. So I feel like that this is probably something that's also going to come up in one of our later recommendations. Yes, that's it right. will. Yes, that's right. For now, Barry, why don't you tell us a little bit about your recommendation? Sure. So uh, my recommendation is very, very different. <laughs> uh, um, so I, one of my favorite shows for a long time um, is Love and Radio. Uh, Love and Radio is a Radiotopia podcast hosted by Nick Vanderkolk. It's got a, a few other producers, Julia DeWitt, Stephen Jackson. Uh, Love and Radio has been around for a long time. I think Love and Radio started as a WBEZ show in Chicago um, where they were just making weird little bits, you know, I want I want to say, you know, six, seven years ago, maybe even longer, and is now like a full blown, you know, very popular podcast. It's a storytelling podcast, I would say, um, primarily, most episodes only have a single voice. This episode was different in that way. Um, it is an unnarrated storytelling podcast. So it's not like there's a host who comes in and tells you what's happening in the story. Mostly, it's the subject that's being interviewed. Um, in this particular episode, the episode that I recommended was A Girl of Ivory, which came out maybe about three years ago. Um, and this was um, a little bit different in terms of the format of um, production, but it was very Love and Radio in the selection of stories. So the general theme in Love and Radio can be uncomfortable and morally ambiguous situations. I, right. I would say that's the right <laughs> description of, of the podcast. I mean, I guess we probably don't want to talk too much about the story, right? Because I feel like if this is a recommendation people are going to heed, part of the enjoyment is listening to the entire thing and finding out where it leads. Well, we can talk about things generally, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So, so I mean, one of the things um, that I might want to ask you guys, so are you guys, did you guys, were you aware of Love and Radio before my recommendation? Are you fans of Love and Radio? I'd listened to one episode, which I'd completely forgotten. And in fact, so I listened to it and then it stuck with me. And then I completely forgot which podcast it was attributed to. And it came back into my head. And the episode in question was The Boys Will Work It Out. And oh, right. Yeah. It was only yeah. a couple of months ago that I went and sought out the podcast to which that episode was attributed because it kept wandering back into my mind as just something that was so wonderfully made and a story that just felt incredibly I mean I was absolutely transfixed so it was only recently that I remembered that Love and Radio existed although the episode in question had been with me a while what about you Freddie? Yeah, this was another one of those uh, podcasts that I've heard through being a fan of other Radiotopia productions. So um, there's, a, there's a few in there that we, we've discussed on the shows before, but I'm quite an avid 99% Invisible listener. And uh, I know Love and Radio has, has been mentioned on there a few times. And I've definitely heard one or two episodes, but this was probably some time ago as well. So this was the first time I've... Um, really given it some uh, real critical listening i'd say you know and actually really paying attention to what was going on and um thinking about it as, as a as a podcast in its own right as opposed to something that's uh come up as a result of listening to other things and you know casually listening i suppose 
I mean, we wouldn't give too much away. Um, I mean, I think the recommendation that I give, that the reason why, I mean, just for your listeners to know, that, um, it, it, is a, it, is a, it is an episode that has a twist, but, mm. that's, not, you, but that's, not you, you, that's not unique to this episode. Right. In fact, one of the ways I would characterize Love and Radio is that it is the kind of storytelling show that builds in such a way that you would expect a twist. I think that those are the only kind of stories they select for their show. So every single show has a twist of its own kind. Now, not all of them have this major twist like this particular story has. Sometimes the twist is not as, you know, um, smashes you in the side of the face like this, <laughs> this particular twist has. Um, but, 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 but... <laughs> But I think that they they select stories precisely because they are they they have a moment in them where you have a you know essentially you say what the hell like what what just <laughs> happened what's going on like what just happened and so I don't think we would, I'd be giving it too much away to say that this episode uh, involves a polyamorous trio yeah no that's fine I think I think right. that's uh, that's not giving too right. much away. So it's the story of the meeting of a particular polyamorous trio, which started as a duo, mm-hmm. right? which started as a pair, and then ended up with a trio, um, one, one guy and two girls. Um, the story of the development of their relationship. And the twist comes, I would say, when something like two-thirds of the way through, um, where you discover something about the relationship that you certainly didn't expect when you um, <laughs> listen to the first two-thirds of it. Um, the thing about... So let me talk about a little bit of why I lo- like Love and Radio a lot. Mm. Um, it isn't particularly just the stories itself. I think I like as a producer that they do interesting things with sound, mm. that they do interesting things with music. And the design of the show is very unique, I would say. It's a very artistically put together show. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you know, you don't particularly like, like my wife doesn't like the show because she doesn't like the themes involved. She thinks they're kind of generally gross and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I think that's why some people like the show. They think they like the uncomfortableness of of some of the of some of the episodes but but it, it but they use sound they use space they use pausing they use um even um effects like reverb or or mm. whatever to mm. to to create scenes to create images and to have you know it's the kind of show where you're supposed to listen to it like really listen it's not something that you're you're just you know driving in the car like you really want to have the experience of of a particular story and i think that's what i like about this show generally yeah i i um i have to agree that you know even even in this episode the way that they used audio and uh specifically i guess without trying to give too much away their selection of who they spoke to and who was interviewed in this i think uh was was particularly interesting and uh (laughs) ingenious in in telling the story and setting us up for a uh, an interesting twist um again I'm, i'm i'm trying to be as 
um, you know, uh, as, as careful in handling the narrative as as as, as you were. Um, but You're doing great. Uh, thanks, and 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 that really really struck me. I, I kind of like when I when I understood what was going on, and once I'd got over that initial shock, and then uh, you know finished the episode because you know after that twist hit me, I was so engrossed in in the story itself and what it revealed and uh, everything that happened afterwards, and I was so interested. In the, in the lives that were being portrayed that I had no time to think about how ingenious it was that they told the story in that particular way because there are so many ways you could approach it and, and this is an unusual way but actually I think it was probably the best way um he says not having thought of any other ways apart from straight up reporting yeah. the story i mean yeah. it must be very weird for people to listen and listen to us talk about this episode in such a roundabout you know dodgy hmm. way They're used right? to like we 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 are dodging we are dodging we're dodging very specifics because you know and we're kind of giggling through them <laughs> to be honest yeah. because what this particular story, the twist is so blindsiding, I guess, and mm. such a major. Th- I mean, that, that's what that's we don't want to give it away because it's such an important twist, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I really like is that you have such a visceral twist, yet within the context of a show which uses that absent narrator and gives the impression and i know this is never the case gives the impression of a a, a light touch and giving the guests center stage to let their stories be told in their terms and i totally get there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and the way that each individual audio clip is threaded together is obviously done in a very deliberate way to conceal certain things from you and bring other things into the light and um but i've you know i'm a big fan of the podcast everyone else and the start um both of which were by eva krizyak and she does a lot of this absent narrator stuff where the story manages to sustain itself beautifully just by having the person tell their story and having these moments of quiet and ellipsis before coming back in and telling the next part of the story and letting everything breathe. It's almost like instead of there just being uh, no narrator, like they've left the gaps where the narrator would normally speak. I always feel there's so much air in a a podcast like this. Um, And what I really... Hopefully this doesn't get too close. I feel like we're edging closer and closer to blowing it all open, but it really uh, wrongfoots. I use his audio to basically wrongfoot your imagination and stereotypes. And obviously that's a twist, isn't it? You build expectations based on where you think things are going, based on where things have gone previously, and it doesn't. Um, And I feel like that's so appropriate for a show that centers on love, like something so uh, amorphous and something that often bleeds outside of the uh, social frameworks that it tries to be placed into uh, it feels like such an a, amazing way to tell stories like this and one of the thing i'll say is that i love that they didn't just end at the twist because that would have worked fine and you could have learned that information and uh, ingested the circumstance and gone okay i i get it wow that's very different but they then continue and they dig into the situation having learned what the true situation is and they ask more questions and i thought that was probably the most interesting part of it when you 
then dig into the motivations beyond that point. There was so, there was so much to mine there, and I'm so glad that they took the time to do that. Basically, because again, I felt like that that uh, spoke to an emphasis on the guests' stories rather than just a really like compelling whizzy radio show. Yeah, yeah, and um, just on a technical note, if you're itching to find out what this twist is right now if you're listening in um you you should if you've got chapters on your podcast player you can tap on the chapter and it will take you straight to this episode to listen to it so you don't have to wait we'll we'll still be here and you should definitely listen to the rest of this (laughs) of our episode but if you're really really desperate we'll take you straight to it right now just tap on the link in the chapters i spend lots of time doing those so this is probably the first time it will get put to good use yes first time we're able to speak about it freddie and commend you for all your hard chaptering work so that's nice isn't it yeah um but barry thanks for that as a recommendation um it was really really nice to kind of i suppose be reintroduced properly to love and radio Mm. and uh (laughs) you you've also recommended um a couple more episodes kind of sub recommendations um you've mentioned the living room and the boys will work it out two of which i've not heard but it sounds like jack has at least heard one of them so i can't wait to dig in It's my recommendation, which is the last one of this episode, Um, and this is Science Versus. Uh, So this is a show that I've been listening to for a long time uh, before it became a show that was part of the Gimlet Media umbrella, and... I've been listening on and off um, at certain episodes just take my interest a little bit more than others and this was one of these episodes that I I found myself particularly interested in um, just by virtue of the fact that it's um, pretty current in the news right now it's something that's come up a lot and it's continuing to come up a lot so the show itself uh, is hosted by Wendy Zuckerman and um, it takes a look at an issue or something that's uh, current or contemporary and uh, talks about it from a scientific aspect so it's usually challenging a myth or a rumor or um it's usually answering common questions about the thing um so it's probably better if i explain what the thing was in this case so the recommendation that i gave was for an episode called plastics the final straw so I guess obviously it was about plastic straws in particular and uh, how it's become a thing to ban them uh, in lots of different places. Lots of different places are either phasing them out voluntarily or some places have completely outlawed them altogether. And that might be on a company by company level. But um, I believe uh, some states in America have already banned them in specific places. And uh, I think in Europe, the MEPs have voted today to look into banning all single-use plastics uh so it's it's basically super current and that wasn't that was just pure luck that we're discussing it today on the day that that news (laughs) happened but i guess what i like about the show is it's incredibly good at being enthusiastic about a topic and enthusiastic about the exploration of a topic from a scientific perspective as someone who's not naturally scientifically minded um, I find it really, really helpful. I think Wendy Zuckerman is a particularly enthusiastic and has a particularly nice way of explaining things and introducing people and chatting to people and linking together different thoughts and topics and explaining uh, terms and uh, concepts in detail. So I really, really like that. And I think there's a wonderful balance in this show between kind of scientific rigor of going away and speaking to different people and bringing 
bringing together different research um but also kind of weaving it all together into something that's a kind of forms a compelling narrative so i really really like that and um I, I can't help but think all the way through that this should be mandatory listening in 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 school science lessons for kind of a good introduction to a topic i know that if my school science lessons were anything like these then i'd have probably done a lot better in my exams so i guess that's why i like it barry what did you think Oh, I think Science Versus is great. And I think the what, what you pointed out, it, it is very unfortunate that people need um, a very enthusiastic, happy personality to be uh, <laughs> our science guides, right? So Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson is mm-hmm. another person who uh, who's made a you know very successful career out of this. Um, it would be nice if the human brain were just wired in such a way that we all find science compelling and interesting and, and so on. Um, you know, what we know from science is that the human brain finds stories that way that's why we you know go watch superhero movies and why we don't watch as many you know nature documentaries um but what you pointed out i think when i was listening to the show um what you pointed out that was perfect i thought was that this show really does have i think a young student uh in mind that the kind of the kind of person that would Mm -hmm. um that this show would greatly benefit are the younger people who um are just getting into it they don't have preconceptions about what they are good at or not good at and just generally people who hear a lot of myths about you know vaccines or (laughs) about you know in this case straws and the extent to which they understand it is whatever it is in passing in the press and so on. Now, the other thing that's great about this show is that if you were the kind of person who decides that, you know, if you heard about banning straws and you want to figure out whether you should support it or be angry about it, you might take like a Google dive, right? You might just like look up stuff on the Hmm. internet. But the problem with the internet, right, is that, (laughs) you know, the internet is the source of a lot of very good information that's um, underneath a mound of partisans and people who are arguing about every last thing Mm -hmm. and that you can very easily be misled right if you just click on you know whatever algorithms give you and you know a very good example of this is with the case of straws right um once this came about once this came out you know there were these um there was this viral video and then all of a sudden you know municipalities you know starbucks decided to you know ban straws you know then you had you know lots of reactions to it right and they were political reactions rather than scientific reactions Mm -hmm. and you know when you do a google dive you can very quickly be caught up in what should i believe about this kind of topic now you know what's the solution to that if there was an individual that you listen to regularly and trusted then and i th- i think that that's going to help with that you know the i think the barrier is how do you get over the f- the trust that you can you know, are, are, is this the person that I'm supposed to trust on this topic? Mm. And the nice thing about Wendy Zuckerman is that she um, is very much an enthusiastic host, mm-hmm. right? And her presentation is going to be fair and even-handed. But she's not fair and even-handed in this boring way. Mm. Like, you know, you would have, you know, some you know, some other journalist and some other, right? She's, um, wants to get you into science, but is fair and even handed in how she yes. presents it. So that's what I think is great about this show. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more, Jack. Jack, what what do you think? Uh, I agree with all of the above. Um, <laughs> I think basically that Wendy is great, uh, and you pretty much cover the point there that I was going to bring up, which is the fact that she manages to bring compelling narration and storytelling within the framework of what feels like a competent and balanced science. Like she'll never bring in conclusions or opinions where perhaps they're not needed. And um, what I do like, though, is that there is definitely this tussle going on between the excitement of a, a good story and a compelling conclusion and a big reveal and science, which can't always deliver those. Like there's that one moment in this episode where she speaks to a chap called David Barnes about his analysis on how far microplastics have reached into the ocean and he talks about hauling uh, bits of the seabed up to the surface and analyzing them and wendy's on the edge of her seat like well, what did you find out and he said it's ongoing work and she basically screams don't call it ongoing don't tell me it's ongoing work for goodness sake and you can feel that though she obviously she really respects the fact that you know this is science and this is the way that these things work you don't always get an answer when you want one there's a, a rigor and a diligence that needs to come first um but i love the way that she handles that and i think beyond also just giving people good primers on scientific topics i think she gives a good introduction as to how to navigate through science and where to be skeptical of how data is collated uh, and brought in i mean there's a good episode on antidepressants where she pays a much as much attention to how that data is gathered and the tests that are used to uh, assess efficacy of antidepressants uh, as she does to actually the numbers that those tests produce, which I think, you know, if we're talking as we are, I mean, I'd never thought about this as something that would go great for students just getting into science, but that's such a good point. I mean, that's something that I think is so good to learn early on. I mean, I remember thinking that my teachers in science were so anal about all the details and getting everything set up exactly right but i think if you have people telling you that it's important that things are done in a way which means the data is actually useful then that's really good she's great like wendy is awesome there's a almost like a snarl to the way that she delivers her lines like she's really like really into science and i i always come back to this show because also as well it's very timely there are often stories that tie in with big things in the news i see there's one on uh, veganism which has just come out recently and are they right and uh, a few others actually that since i've gone through and looked back at the feed uh really caught my eye and, and made me want to dive back in again so yeah top marks for wendy zuckerman and science versus good choice freddie fantastic so obviously barry i feel like that you have brought uh your podcasting expertise in today i mean from the off um giving us a little peek behind the curtain of what it takes to do a podcast as complicated as mothers of invention where you've got interviewers all over the globe now you do a show called hi-fi nation which i love and we're very much due to talk about on episode party in the very immediate future it's something that I'm always marvelling at, how you manage to make a sort of philosophical discussion flower out of the confines of a story. And given there are so many podcasts on the subject of philosophy and, and ethics, which have those kind of abstract discussions that stay very much within general terms, I mean, what is it that appeals to you about entwining story and philosophy in the way that you do on Hi-Fi Nation? Well, I think that... Um what I was saying about science versus is 
very true. There's a sub-portion of the population, a very small one, I think, that is naturally inclined to think about science, and an even smaller one Mm -hmm. that's very naturally inclined to think about philosophy in the abstract, Mm -hmm. right? So um, those people would gladly, you know, over a pint, <laughs> get together and say, hey, what is free will? Well, I think, you know, well, we have to so right? and so on. And if you start getting into the nitty-gritties of particular, you know, court cases of people who have committed a crime and whether they had free will and so forth, um, they will be not as interested because they inherently want to talk about things in abstraction. I don't think that's true of most human beings, actually. I think that most human beings um, are drawn to particulars. I think they're drawn to something happened to somebody at a certain time, mm. right? And in listening to the story, lots of different things are raised in, in a person, lots of different thoughts, lots of di- different emotions. Sometimes the emotion is a sense of injustice. I think that's why people are so compelled to true true crime podcasts, mm-hmm. right? People like listening to a story and just react to the to injustice or some something like that. Mm. Um and I think that philosophy um, fundamentally is about um, a lot of the tensions, uh, the conceptual tensions in the way that we experience various aspects of the world, whether it's everyday life, but it's also in science, but even in, in the arts or in the law. And um, so what I wanted to do was to create a show that um, will draw people in the way that, you know, a love and radio narrative draws people in or your superhero movie or the way that a video of a sea turtle with a straw lodged in its throat draws people in that's the kind of thing that motivates human beings in general not just the you know sub portion that are philosophy geeks that draws those human beings into why is it like this right what is what is it that keeps it going so you know the things that, that i examine on my show through stories are anything from right why it is that um we judge cover songs the way we judge cover songs <laughs> yeah to 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 the institutions of criminal justice right so this upcoming season i'm looking at you know various stories in criminal justice mm-hmm. um it's on my mind right now so so i mean like there are so many things of aspects of human experience that elicit kind of both natural and puzzling reactions in people. And I wanted to identify those things and point out to people, actually, what's what's there is a philosophical assumption, a philosophical idea that you have, that we all have, or somebody else has. And that's the kind of thing that drives the story forward. And I think that kind of... Cu- that kind of way of eliciting curiosity is much more natural to a lot of people. Mm. And so that's the kind of show that I wanted to create, the kind of show that elicits natural curiosity about philosophy through stories. And then people will want to hear about the more abstract stuff, right? I mean, I think there's nothing more abstract than, you know, the nature of the nouns in our language to refer to objects or ideas or whatever. And I made, you know, like I made a show about the name of God, right? Um, the, in philosophy of religion, that was about that topic. And it just came out of a real event that happened um, here in America. And I think there was no other way to get people motivated with that really abstract question without that story. Mm. 
I mean, I'm also just very much marvelling a lot of the time about where your stories end up, and not just in the sense that it ends up in a bigger philosophical discussion, but thinking about one I listened to recently, I think which started basically about the idea of reincarnation, and then took a turn (laughs) into quantum physics, uh, and a lot of very different ideas coming in, but that were all threaded together in a way which felt had a like narrative continuity to it do you always know where you're going to end up when you start working on an idea or are you as kind of taken on these turns as as i am as a listener when you're putting this together i don't know ahead of time where i end up but it's funny that we've just spoken about love and radio here that episode was the episode that i've done out of the 20 that was most influenced by love and radio Ah. it was that that narrative that particular story i felt was a very love and radio story and there was a reveal in that story in exactly the love and radio way right there was this you know i mean like i i actually designed it you know kind of modeled (laughs) after love and radio there's this woman who has like some ordinary things in her life kind of weird things starting to go on and then whoa what the hell yeah right what did what did she think like why who who does she think she is right and then and i never thought i would get into quantum physics about anything but then i was interviewing this doctor who studies these people right who Mm. claim to be reincarnations of and he's a legitimate doctor university of virginia you know psychiatry department and he investigates these kinds of cases and he mentioned uh quantum physics as the explanation for what's going on right and so i thought Okay, well, let's let's pull on that string and see where that leads. Mm. And you know, I have friends who work in the philosophy of quantum physics. I say, what what on earth could this guy be talking about? And they say, oh yeah, there's like this idea in quantum <laughs> physics, right? And um, and the idea is a perfectly legitimate idea. Um, it's just. Is that the thing that's happening? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I highly doubt it. But, but theoretically, the people who believe in this kind of thing have something theoretically to hang their hat on. Like, there is something genuinely within the theory of quantum physics that can allow this to happen. Anyways, I, I don't. The answer is I don't know where it goes. Um, I do know where it goes by the time I make it. But you know, as I'm investigating, as I'm talking to people, I don't know where it goes. But once I have all the things in, I try to design it in such a way that it you know grips you keeps you going and then makes you wonder where it's headed and keeps your curiosity going i saw that you did actually a a workshop on podcasting for specifically for philosophers is that right I did. I did. Um, I did do that. Um, I think it was in Sacramento. And um, I'm going to give, I think, a talk. So there's there's like a conference coming up in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. that uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. But it's generally, I've had to think a lot about how to incorporate story-driven audio, you know, pod, story-driven mm-hmm. um, podcast with the kind of shows that you know, that are more interview or discussion shows, right? So most philosophy shows out there are discussion shows. Yeah. They're either interview shows or discussions or lectures, right? Some people sit down and just lecture, say, this is, uh, let me teach you some <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. So my, my, yeah, so most of what I've been talking to philosophers about is like, you know, there's another way of doing it. Um, and that's what I've tried to model with Hi-Fi Nation. So, so I've talked to philosophers about this kind of thing. Say, there's a way of making your work more accessible, more engaging if you use the if you use stories in a certain way, that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm talking to people about. 
that's brilliant having worked with uh, academia for some time and trying to find interesting ways to get their work out there it's refreshing to hear uh someone pushing it from a podcasting angle which is which is awesome um thank you so much for coming on barry it's been a it's been a real pleasure if people want to find out about hi-fi nation uh where where can they go well, they can get it in any way they listen to podcasts. If they're listening to this show, they know where to get podcasts. So mm-hmm. just look up Hi-Fi Nation, H-I-P-H-I Nation, um, or just search for Barry Lamb and you'll find it. Um, there's going to be 20 episodes up. I'm working on the third season. There's another 10 that's going to be released uh, starting in January 2019. Fantastic. That is something for us to look forward to in the new year. Um, we'll pop a link to Hi-Fi Nation in the show notes as well. So again, you can just click through, which might be even more helpful if you haven't already got there from listening to what Barry's just said. We are at www.episode.party where you can find all the show notes and links to the episodes we've discussed today. If you want to recommend us a show, we're at episode underscore party on Twitter. Uh, Barry, thank you so much once again for coming on and giving us your time. It's been super interesting to hear uh, you discuss podcasts with us. It's been great. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Brilliant. Great stuff. Um, I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.